Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Impact Investing Podcast, episode 47. I remembered this time. Um, (laughs) And... This week we're talking about ETFs again, but specifically uh, we're going to pick up on a few things we mentioned last time out about um, the implementation of ETFs. So we're going to talk about impact ETFs and what does good impact investing look like when it comes to ETFs. But first, Tom, um, time for a quick admin corner this week. Quick admin corner. So uh, keep your questions coming in at podcast.circa5000.com. Like and subscribe, Apple and Spotify, share with your friends, watch the videos on uh, YouTube. Uh, Chart news this week, flying high in the Estonian investing and business charts. New one. A new one. And I think another new one as well in Taiwan. We're in the Taiwanese charts this week. You know, broad global appeal, not in our home country. Well, Liz Truss went there recently, so maybe she mentioned us. It's probably the most likely, uh, most likely reason. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much to the people of Estonia and Taiwan. Your support is appreciated. And if if you have any friends uh, in the UK, please feel free to recommend. If anyone in the UK would care to listen, that would be really, really appreciated. Um, so we're talking about ETFs again, um, and we're talking about impact within ETF space. Um, I think it's worth saying that. Um, impact is currently a, a sort of definition which is up for grabs. Mm. Uh, it's not fully, in terms of the fund space, in both, uh, well, in the UK, certainly, there's 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 a debate and uh, a regulatory process going on about what can be defined as impact. But yep. we maybe cover that at a different point. Yep. Um, and um, there's still, obviously, the age-old academic debates about defining the term, which which have been rumbling on for about the Forever. last 300 since million the years. Of time. <laughs> since God were a boy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so we won't go into those on this, but we're going we're, <laughs> we're to talk about um, defining good impact principles within funds generally, but then we'll, we'll talk about ETF wrapper as well. Yeah. Um, and talk around um, index creation, which is how, particularly in, in most ETFs, um, the funds are put together. There's that set of rules that, that dictates what can go into a fund and what must be excluded from a fund. And then um, engagement, which is the process of voting and engaging with the companies you're invested in to make sure that they are implementing policies and acting in a way that fits with how you want them to behave as a shareholder. Yeah. Um, so, Tom, quick intro on that, maybe. Yes, um, and so the, as you mentioned, there's kind of there's two key components when thinking about uh, delivering impact or doing impact investing properly. You know, within in, within ETFs, the first is index creation. The second being engaging with the underlying companies. Historically, critiques of impact investing within ETFs have said that you you know that it's all about the company engagement you can't really engage with companies when you're um when you're investing in an ETF which is just completely not true and we'll go into it and also the fact that ETFs are just tracking some pre-existing index that already exists means you can't really deliver proper impact in the way that active funds do because it's all research from the ground up and there's no pre-existing index and so you can invest in the best impact companies but that also doesn't have to be the case and so on the first one, 
index creation in you know historically ETFs, you know, vanilla vanilla generic ETFs, what they're based on is tracking a pre-existing index that already exists for some big global exchange. So for example, like the FTSE 100, there are FTSE 100 ETFs that track those 100 companies. And then you, you know, more recently you've had um, ESG versions or there's a FTSE for good, you know, like, you know, some kind of tweak to that pre-existing index. So they take that index, they'll use an ESG scoring system or maybe a a carbon emissions system or some other quantitative system that you can layer over that that index and create like a new index based on the FTSE 100 which made the FTSE 100 low carbon, for example, and then an ETF created off the back of that. And that gets critiqued because there's not really anything that's different and that's yeah. gone into I think it's almost worth backing up and saying, well, you know, why why do we have this situation where, say, the FTSE 100 and the S&P 500 and the CAC 40 and all these indices, basically what we've, what we've got is the most popular or well-known indices in the world are those that are geographically defined in yeah. some way? Yeah. So normally the the, the indices are, are geographically defined, as in they are they're relevant to companies listed on a particular stock exchange. Like the FTSE 100 is London's, uh, the UK, um, and then on size. So the 100 yeah. in that refers to the yeah. biggest 100 companies listed on that exchange. And yeah. I think the reason why they have why they before even ESG was a thing before any of this other debate came in is the reason that that they became popular is because of the way that most portfolio managers will allocate, um, say, for example, in a discretionary portfolio, which is a portfolio managed for somebody else, is they will think of things in terms of geography. Yeah. So they may think of things in terms of broad geography, like developed markets and emerging mm. markets, but they may think more particular, i.e., you know, how much are we allocating to the US versus the UK versus Europe? Um, so I think when when indices and tracking indices became popular, it was it was the way to to get quicker and easier access to buying yeah. exposure to a particular market. So yeah. if you wanted exposure to the US, you bought the S&P 500. If you wanted exposure to the UK, you bought the FTSE 100, yeah. et cetera. And I think that is that is almost hard-coded into mm. managers' thinking. Mm. They still do that now. They still allocate geographically, even though if you look down the list of the biggest holdings, say, in the FTSE 100, very few of those companies mm. are what you'd describe as UK businesses. Yeah. Now, they may have some presence in the UK. Yeah. They're listed on the UK Stock Exchange, and they may be headquartered in the UK. Yeah. But their business is, is usually international, yeah. maybe with a bit in the UK. Yeah. Um, so I think what you've what what you've got there is that we're, we're we're stuck in this in this regime of allocating geographically, which means that when you're looking at new product as a portfolio manager, and when you're a fund provider building new product for the market, mm. you automatically go into this. Where yeah. does it sit in the portfolio? Yeah. So I've got something that's allocated to the UK, so I need a UK version. So when you go to, down to ESG. They start thinking yeah. about how to tilt the pre-existing index rather than starting from a scratch. Exactly, yeah, and that and that's and that's the main difference is that you don't. There's a perception that right ETF means tracking pre-existing vanilla in- index, which is geographic, which could be you know a value till a quality till an ESG till, but it's just vanilla and it's generic. But that's not 
that's not like a rule set in stone. That's not like a, a fundamental law of the universe. That that the way to deliver proper impact within ETFs is to start at the first point, which is index creation. You can create something from scratch using the level of impact research data. You know, you actually go way beyond what some of the top active impact investors in the world do, and package up all that research, looking at the best quality companies within a given theme or within a given area that you want exposure to, and then use that research, make some rules around it, and turn that into an index which didn't exist before. Yeah. So I think a lot of the criticisms about this area comes from thinking about ETFs as pre-existing vanilla ind- in indices. And the way to counter that is by taking the best quality research and turning that into a brand new index, yeah. which then an ETF then that, that then uh, then tracks. And so you can have the level of transparency and, and research of the, the top, top funds in the world that look at uh, impact investing from an active perspective. But then you've just put it into a vehicle which delivers it to a broad audience um, at a good price point. ETFs obviously tend to be much, much cheaper. And because you're not paying for the active management, they'll be cheaper within a within an, an impact ETF. Um, and you've got a level of transparency and research that you, you expect to find at the top active level. So the only thing that you are that you're not doing within an impact fund at the ETF level is the active management piece trying to pick the winners within a theme. Yeah. You're creating a very very strong pure theme using best in class research and just implementing it within that structure. And so that's the way you can get around the traditional, you know, uh, you just track an index model. Yeah, you are, but we've just created it from scratch using the best research that you can possibly find. Yeah, I think I think that's the problem when you say track an index. Mm. People's view is automatically that that they're thinking FTSE 100 ETF in their mind. They're thinking S&P 500 ETF. They're thinking, well, how can you be even deciding what the underlying holdings are or how can you be doing an overlay on this when you're basically, you get what you're given? Exactly, yeah. If you buy a FTSE 100 ETF, you get the FTSE 100. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, You know, I think the other thing on on the, just to go back to the ESG tilt indices is these are, they're, they're caught halfway in between. So mm. they're trying to make sure that they're a replacement for that FTSE 100 mm. exposure or that S&P 500 exposure. But they're trying to do it in a way that is ticks an ESG box but, but doesn't doesn't deviate from that benchmark, if you like. So yeah. it performs the same as yeah. the same as what the, the thing that you're trying to replace. Yeah. So in certain indices, you have a problem with that. So like if you look at the FTSE 100, you've got 12% of that is oil and gas. Mm. So what do you do with that for a start? If you want to replicate the performance and the behavior of that index in an ESG fund, you have to basically decide that you either don't take the oil and gas performance bit, which is going to give you some deviation from the benchmark, or you come up with a methodology which means you can include the oil and gas people Mm. on some very, very light, you know, ESG ticks basically. Yep. So you either end up with a fund that a fund that sort of gets caught as a bad version of a FTSE 100 fund, yep. or a fund that's really poor on yeah. on the ESG credentials of it. Yeah. So that's why what you're saying is is important, Tom. Is is almost when you're thinking through a an impact lens or even a proper ESG lens, if if you like. Yeah. You should start with the end in mind. So yeah. start with what defines an impact company start yep. with what defines a good ESG company in your view yeah and then almost work back into the geography yeah exactly. you may find in a you may find in a market like the UK it's actually limited yeah it's actually limited if you want to do it properly because there's not that many positive impact companies yeah. listed on that exchange yeah the, the other side to the, the the critiques of the initial 
index creation is something we've talked about quite recently, which is on the theme washing side. So even if the even if the index that's 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 being tracked is not a vanilla one or a tilted one, the ones that some of the ones that have been built from scratch are really like surface level have been built from scratch. They've taken some weak data, some something that isn't really in depth. There's no proper research in there, and then spun up something and labeled it the biodiversity fund or you know the ones you see now or the AI related stuff. And it's really really surface level. So so there's the generic indices um they have a bad rep obviously for delivering impact and then you know the the the, the new, some of the new indices where it's just very very surface level it yeah. doesn't mean you can't do it properly you can build great indices using great in-depth research it's just that some of the industry are, you know doing this to you know earn more fees spend something up for marketing purposes that we've said in the past the, the other thing that i think gets over over indexed if you like is um carbon emissions like carbon emissions report and carbon emission reporting becomes yeah. majorly overly um, assessed as what makes a good impact, you know, a good company, if you like. Yeah. Now, that is just not true because yeah. you, you what you'll end up with is you know exposure to segments like tech, finance, yeah. etc. But you're probably getting a, a neutral fund at best there. You're yeah. not actually getting what you what you're looking for if you're looking for a investing companies that are actively trying to make yep. positive strides out there. So yeah. um, that is another area where you, you end up getting a sort of, whether it's theme wash or green wash or whether it's just sort of a, a marketing thing where you, you go for the, you know, you get these like Paris aligned funds and like carbon f- funds and it's it's sort of, it's on emissions, but it's not actually looking at anything that the underlying company is doing yeah. or what trajectory they're on. So look, ind- index creation I think is, is one of those areas where there's 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 ways to get it right and there's ways to get it wrong. But yeah. you know, I think the point with all funds is there's two angles to it. It's it's creating a good fund that sort of does what it says on the tin. Yeah. And then there's what your clients want to buy and what what um what will sell out there. So yeah. that's where you often get these sort of slightly on the face say face of it strange looking funds yeah. that don't really do either things yeah. like they're saying. The second big component of, you know, what good can look like when it comes to impact ETFs is the is the engagement piece. Now historically, you know, the the ETF how ETFs have been looked at from an impact perspective, even if you've got the index creation right, pretend, you know, it's not really been done properly, I would say that much, but is that because it's an ETF, it's a passive investment. And what people think passive means is something different to what it actually means in practice. So worth just saying what yeah. I mean by engagement. Yeah, so engagement, um, interacting with the underlying companies, participating in votes, trying to hold them account uh, to account on certain things, whether that be climate-related things or social policies or supply chain policies. And so it just means taking a more active role with the underlying investments um, and the underlying companies in a way to improve them or improve their reporting. Now, historically, that has been um, seen as done by the active funds. Now, this is where it gets annoyingly confusing because people have double meanings. Active funds mean obviously trying to beat the market. Some of those active funds and investors take an take a um, an active role with the underlying companies in, in in engaging with them. Now, not all of them do. I say the vast majority don't. Um, and so it's been seen as well. Only active company, active funds who try and beat the market are the ones that engage with the companies underneath. But that's just not the case. Yeah. Obviously, most active funds do not engage with the companies underneath. But there's nothing that says you can't engage if you're if you're an ETF. It's just that a lot of ETFs historically, because they've been you know based on you know generic indices and and and. Uh, and, ge- and a generic fund designed to just get exposure to geographies or whatever, the ETF you know, creators and indices creators haven't engaged with the underlying. Yeah. But there's nothing stopping people from doing it. And yeah. so 
what good impact ETFs should do is have a proper engagement policy with the underlying companies to try and improve those companies, try and improve the reporting and get over this la- this label that if you're e- investing in ETF, no matter what you're investing in, it's passive, i.e. it's sit back, you can't change anything, you can't interact with the businesses. It's just completely not true. And I think, again, this is kind of like a a rumor or a stereotype that's come out of the actively managed industry, 100%, which yeah. says you can only truly do impact with us because we take an active role with the companies and blah, blah, blah. It's just complete, you know, it's complete fabrication. It's a complete lie. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, if, if you play devil's advocate slightly, it's not been a common thing. No. So typically ETFs don't actively engage in the same way that an impact active fund yeah. Right. But you know, what what is definitely happening is it doesn't mean it's not possible. And what is definitely uh happening is a deliberate confusion yes. of what is a very, very specific piece of the, the process, which is once you've decided what can and can't sit in your fund, mm. do you pick the stocks you sell yourself or do you just buy the output from that index? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what you mean by passive and active. Yeah. yeah. Active is I sit down with a big long list and go through them one by one and decide which ones to buy or not. Yep. Passive is once we've rigor- rigorously assessed what can and can't sit in this fund, yeah. do I then pick them myself or do I just automatically buy the ones yeah, that yeah. the output tells me to? Now, people are then confusing that yeah. with whether then the, the fund manager or the fund can then interact with the, those companies after they own them yep. and engage with them. There's a deliberate confusion of those yeah, two yeah. things. And people are saying, well, it's passive fund. Yeah, yeah. Meaning they can't actively engage. Totally Incorrect. wrong. You still hold the companies, and I think within within a within an ETF, within you know the indices, it's it's all about the rules in which you build into it. Right? Also, the thing falls down now that you have active ETFs. Yeah, I know that's. That, I remember when that first came out. It must have been you know years ago. I was like, well, that's confused me because yeah. I thought this was a passive vehicle. It's not a passive vehicle. An ETF is just a vehicle. Yeah, you can do whatever you want as long as the rules yeah. allow you to do whatever you want within that vehicle. If you think about an ETF. It's like it's just the structure. It's just the structure. It doesn't mean you can't implementation, can't do isn't it? Particular things. Yeah. It's like saying I've got a box here and I'm going to put some books in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can only put cookbooks in that box. You can't put history books in it. It's it's yeah, just the exactly, shell. Exactly. You, it, what you know, what goes in is is then defined by the fund manager. Exactly. It can be active. It can be what we call we said last week about defined outcome. It can be derivatives based. It yeah. can be impact. It can be ESG. It can be whatever flavor you want it to be. Yeah. All ETF means is. It's traded on exchange and exactly. you can buy it. That's the reason to implement it is because it's tradable, it's accessible. You can do whatever you, whatever you want within the structure as long as the rules allow it. And so you people go, oh, yeah, it's an ETF. It's like set forever. You can't change anything. Not true. If if you do a proper uh, impact fund, for example, and the new companies appear that, that qualify, they can be incorporated into the fund. If funds do, if, if, if the underlying companies no longer qualify or they do something which is a red flag against the companies, they can be taken out as, as well. Yeah. So there's, it's much more active and interactive, I think, than people have ever realized because they just think passive, set and forget. It, it's vanilla. You can't do proper impact investing as a consequence, but that's just a misunderstanding of, of what you can do in an ETF. You've also seen funds update index methodologies for various different reasons, yep. as where A, they've wanted to expand the number of companies that they invest in, or B, that the universe has slightly changed, i.e., there's been, you know, there's been a there's been an explosion in in, in a certain sub-segment that that fund would invest in, and therefore they want to capture more of those. Yep. You can go and you can tweak the rules. Okay, it's not as it's not as simplistic a process if an active manager slightly decides to change strategy, yeah. but they still have to explain to the underlying would, yeah. shareholders 
like you invested on this basis we're and we're taking it. a slightly different approach. Yeah. You know, so the rules are almost active managers also follow rules. They don't just turn well, depends on the fund, but you know active <laughs> active managers also follow very specific rules. Yeah. You know, some of them might have a broader remit or a narrower remit, but they're also following rules. They're just not doing it in the way that yeah. a, an ETF would, but the rules can be changed. Exactly. I think I think the best way to think about these things is almost forget the active passive labels, forget the ETF or non-ETF labels, and just look at them as funds. And a proper impact fund is using, you know, high-quality in-depth research to, to identify the best, you know, companies in a given area. They're implementing that and weighting those companies in a proportion or in a size that is based on some criteria like market cap or something like that. So it's the, the, the weighted, you know, in some kind of systematic way. And then they're actively engaging with the underlying companies trying to drive better outcomes. And it's delivered at half the fees of, of the kind of funds that are trying to beat the, you know, the, the market. That's what a, a proper impact ETF is. And I think it's almost like the ETF label is, you know, just clouding people's thinking here. Just remove that and just look at the fund for what it is and determine whether it's a good fund or not. Yeah. Good, good place, place to stop. stop. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.